Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. Kazon begins his instructions on how to do pure meditation with the following words. Pure meditation opens us so that we may directly realize the foundation of our minds and dwell content within our own Buddha nature. This is called displaying our original face. It is also called revealing the landscape of our original nature. Body and mind both drop off with no clinging to sitting up or lying down. Hence there are no discriminatory thoughts of this is good or this is bad. You readily go beyond thoughts of this is worldly or this is saintly. You penetrate into and go beyond the multitude of notions and theories about delusion versus enlightenment. You leave far behind the boundary between ordinary beings and Buddhas. Therefore, you cease to pant after the myriad phenomena and let go of all attachments to them. In this opening paragraph, Kazan isn't describing a posture. He isn't giving instructions on how to hold the hands or place the feet or sit up straight. Kazan is pointing beyond the position of the body and beyond the position of the mind to the essence of what it is to do pure meditation in the midst of whatever is arising for the body and the mind. That said, how I hold my body can reflect and influence my state of mind, and vice versa. 
If I'm slumping, this is a clue as to my mood and thoughts. When I feel agitated, often my body will be fidgety or find it hard to settle down. And when my mind is bright, open, and positive, I will tend to sit up straight and feel at ease in my skin. Likewise, if I hold myself upright and still, my consciousness can be helped to come into balance and grow naturally calm. Within this, of course, we all vary according to mental and physical health, aging, and so on. But after all, in the main, the mind and the body are connected. They are not really two separate things for a being. In Buddhist teaching, the four main classic body positions for doing pure meditation are sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. In other words, meditation can be done in all postures. If you walk around the temple grounds, you may notice a number of Buddha statues. Among them, you'll find a Buddha sitting, a Buddha standing, and a Buddha lying down. Each one has the body and face of a Buddha. Looking around, you might think, why isn't there a Buddha walking? Reflect. How could a stone statue be walking? If you're there, walking on the land, in the mind of meditation, you are the Buddha who is walking. Then you can do this wherever you go, without worrying about it or dwelling on whether or not you're being a Buddha at all. Walking meditation, like the other three, can be done in a number of variations. I'll be describing the basic form of walking meditation as done at the temple. Meanwhile, you can work out how walking meditation works best for you when you do it at home. In serene reflection meditation, or Soto Zen, sitting meditation periods don't last more than 45 minutes at a stretch at most. At home, often the sittings are much shorter, especially in the beginning. The length of the sitting is much less important than the regularity of turning to sit in meditation. During retreats at the temple, walking meditation is done between sittings. It's not only to help with circulation, it's also because it helps us embody the practice of moving while in the mind of meditation. Walking meditation can be done at home as well. Here is a description of how to do formal walking meditation in the Soto Zen tradition. When the end of the sitting is signaled by two gongs arising gently from my sitting place, I put my hands together in gashou and bow to my seat, 
then turn clockwise and bow out. Tucking my left thumb gently into my left palm, I close those fingers around the thumb and bring that hand in toward my torso. Then I cover my left hand with my right, with my right hand open, the palm of the right resting naturally across the folded knuckles of the left, with the fingertips of the outer hand pointing towards the wrist of the inner hand. I hold my hands clasped in this way at the center of my body so that my arms form an oval. If you're left-handed, you can have the right hand inside. The idea is that the passive hand is held inside the active hand. If you're ambidextrous, you can alternate which hand is inside. Where you feel the center of your body or your center of balance to be may vary. It's neither too high nor too low. Holding my spine both upright and relaxed, I walk slowly and normally, setting out in a clockwise circle, taking the first step with the left foot. I take slow, short, continual steps placing the heel down first, as usual. The pace is neither too slow nor too fast, just slow and steady. As in seated meditation, I let the eyes rest open and focused slightly down about three feet in front of me. Walking, I let the objects around me pass by, with my attention drawn inwards as in sitting meditation, aware of what is around me, but not pulled toward it. When doing walking meditation with others, we space ourselves out evenly in a clockwise circle around the room as we walk at the same pace. One person will set the pace holding a small handheld signal gong. If it happens I'm not the one setting the pace, it may seem to me either slow or fast, and I can simply let go of such thoughts and just walk. A circle is ideal, but if you don't have room for a circle, you can make an oval shape, or, if need be, walk back and forth along a path, turning slowly to the right at either end. After walking for some time, maybe five minutes or fifteen, or maybe a certain number of rotations around the circle, the person with the gong strikes it twice. We all stop, make gusho, and bow in place. If I haven't yet reached my sitting place, I walk at a brisk but unhurried pace forward along the path of the circle back to my seat, bow to my seat, turn clockwise and bow out, then turn clockwise again and settle myself for seated meditation. The mind of seated meditation and the mind of walking meditation are the same. That said, there are some slight differences. In walking meditation, because I'm moving, 
I need to be aware of where my body is in space and in relation to those around me, or to the furniture. I'm moving, and at the same time I'm moving from the stillness at the center of my being, from my physical center and from the equilibrium of the mind in meditation. Walking meditation is an important part of serene reflection because by doing it, I'm practicing opening to what is before me as I flow through space and time. I'm practicing moving through all of life from the mind of meditation. It is possible to walk through life in meditation. Walking through, not turning away and not getting caught up. Walking through, doing what needs to be done, it can seem as if not much is happening or not much is being accomplished, but the willingness to keep going whatever arises is the building of the temple of the heart. There's a saying in Buddhism, wherever a pure heart is found, a temple springs up. This walking through is one meaning of that saying. Serene reflection meditation isn't about making everything quiet in life. Ideally, we do our meditation practice in conditions which are as calm as possible. Or when we can reach a place where things are generally still, such as a temple. Ideally, when we do our daily meditation practice, we sit or walk where our surroundings are peaceful, with sound-making devices quieted, where it's not too warm or too cold, not too bright or too dark, when we won't be interrupted during our practice. But life isn't always quiet and peaceful and still. However much we may long to make things how we want them to be, life happens. It can be chaotic and unpredictable and adventuresome, and busy, and boring, and glorious, and terrifying, and a thousand other things, depending on how we look at it. As the Buddha realized and pointed out, inherent in life is suffering. He didn't mean that all of life is only suffering. He meant that suffering cannot be avoided. He pointed towards something deeper than just what we experience on the surface of living and dying, in this human life and all it brings. Doing the work of the heart whenever possible, returning to the still center whenever I realize I've veered off, from the upright center of the heart, I can then meet what arises 
as I crossed the wide-open landscape of my life, going on here and there within it all, going on beyond. The original term for walking meditation in Chinese is jinxing, in Japanese kinhin. It means literally coming and going or travel. It means meditation while walking. The inscription reads on the southern face of Reverend Master Jiu's stupa, If life comes, there is only life. If death comes, there is only death. All acceptance is the key that unlocks the gateless gate. Within this place, there is no suffering, no coming, no going, no ceasing, no way. There is only endless training, appearing here, disappearing there going in and out, always becoming Buddha. With the coming of bad news, with the arising of adverse conditions, it can seem as if we can't possibly go on. And still we can go on, even within all this, walking through the pain, holding gently even that which is difficult to bear. Then too, when life is good and everything is going my way, it can seem as if it will last forever in exaltation. And still we can go on, steadily walking, letting go of having to maintain things as we want them to be, grateful without grasping, holding gently even that which is difficult to let go. Walking through, not turning away and not getting caught up. Just walking, flowing on. This I can do. The ideas of what is enlightened and what is deluded the worries of whether I'm adequate or inadequate can drop away, and I can take this one step before me, and the next, and the next. When I wobble, I can right myself. If I tumble, I can rise and carry on. If it seems I must be flying... I can keep my feet here on the ground, just putting one foot in front of the other. When with others, I can be aware of them as well as myself. 
When alone, I can know that there are countless unseen beings out there, walking somewhere, walking with me in all quarters, as we all have been from time immemorial, are now and will be in the future, whatever arises. Buddha, awake. And what Kazan describes may permeate all being as I am walking, even walking on. Pure meditation opens us so that we may directly realize the foundation of our minds and dwell content within our own Buddha nature. This is called displaying our original face. It is also called revealing the landscape of our original nature. Body and mind both drop off with no clinging to sitting up or lying down. Hence, there are no discriminatory thoughts of this is good or this is bad. You readily go beyond thoughts of this is worldly or this is saintly. You penetrate into and go beyond the multitude of notions and theories about delusion versus enlightenment. You leave far behind the boundary between ordinary beings and Buddhas. Therefore, you cease to pant after the myriad phenomena and let go of all attachments to them. Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart that Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings including you, wherever you may be.